on time to talk sports with raw mind. Game day, who plays with updates of all kinds? From press box to sideline, who got cut, who got signed? Who's clutch when it's crunch time? The starting lineup or the pine? These athletes compete, some without even trying. You want a championship, you gotta grind. When them bright lights shine, and this game go nine, they gon' cover the story not quite like Ryan. Exclusive interviews, dudes plug like Mike Line. He's got the inside scoop of why, who got fine? Prime. Time. Got the game statistics. I could say, if you wasn't at the game, you missed it. But now Raw Mind Sports covers the distance. Front row, that's close like a coach's assistant. You want to be in the know? Eyes open and listen. This is Raw Mind Sports. Another so edition. Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Jones. And today, I got my guy again, Akash, who writes, beat writer, 4th and 9. For the San Francisco 49ers, also credentialed with the San Francisco 49ers. He kind of gives us a, a better look because he's the lucky guy, people. He gets to go to the games, get a couple of interviews, actually write, see what's really going on, dive deep into it. So I'm pretty sure, no doubt about it, he is definitely a credible source when it comes to San Francisco 49ers. Um, then I got my guy, Championship Circle host, Cordell Bowser. How you doing today, champ? Yeah, I'm here, man. Ready to talk about my Niners, man. Ready to talk about them, man. Get the inside. Absolutely, absolutely. Kosh, man, how, how you doing? I should have said that first seat. <laughs> All good, man. No, I appreciate it, Ryan. Uh, this is the second time I'm coming on your podcast. appreciate you. We talk over uh, DM all the time. So uh, thanks again for having me. Always excited to come on here. Man, absolutely. So, Akash, I'm going to start with you. You kind of gives us the um, – the, the raw thoughts or your thoughts. What happened last night? Or let's say what's been happening the first part of the season. Uh, Just ravaged by, ravaged by injuries. Um, You know, coming into 2020, the 49ers were a Super Bowl contender. They brought back the majority of their 2019 roster. Forrest Buckner and Emmanuel Sanders. They basically had replacements for them right they had Brandon Ayuk and Javon Kinlaw that they added through the draft they were you know healthy coming into the season they had the same coaching staff Robert Sala didn't get hired anywhere so the expectations were sky high then you come out of the gate you fall flat against Arizona Jimmy Garoppolo didn't look particularly good the defense had a couple miscues you blow a game at home that you probably should have won and then you go to New York you have a ton of injuries you lose Nick Bosa, you lose Solomon Thomas. Um, I forget who else they lost in that game. They've had so many injuries, I can't keep track of them. But <laughs> really? everyone on their roster has been hurt at some point or the other. Um, and it's that's just been the case, man. They just haven't been a full roster. Um, and when you don't have your guys out there, the NFL, regardless of what you think, is it's a coach's league in terms of scheme and all that kind of stuff. But you got to have uh, the talent behind it to execute those game plans. And the last few weeks, the 49ers haven't had any talent on the field, uh, offensively especially, and they haven't had pass rush with the injuries to D. Ford and Mikosa. And so they've just been exposed talent-wise, and that's just been the story of the season. Sometimes you, you get hit with this type of injury situation. It ha- it's happened, I feel like, to the 49ers every year the last few years, um, but this has probably been the worst especially because they came into the season with that high expectations and it's just kind of falling flat. Well, I'm going to ask you one question, oh my gosh, and to me, since you're the most knowledgeable one in, in the group with us at Cordell Boss, because you're there in, in, in the San Francisco area in, in that, that locker room quite a bit. And so to me, 
Do you think that we need more of a – do you think our defense is built off of the pass rush first, then the secondary second? Because, like, for what I saw yesterday, like, we don't get no pass rush. We're not as great in the secondary. Not not saying anything bad about the 49ers to the point where, like, they're, they're bad in the secondary. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is the pass rush, I think, is the engine. Most people try to say the back end, which I still think Fred Warner's the best linebacker in football because he can do so much. But I'm talking about the back end. So when I look at this defense, is it built from the front up or from the back up? Uh, it's pass rush first. You hit the nail on the head. Um, just look at how they've invested in their defensive line, right? They had a first-round pick in Solomon Thomas in 2017. Didn't pan out, but it was the right idea. Then, obviously, first-round pick with Nick Bosa. They took him number two overall. They traded a second-round pick for D4, gave him a huge contract. Probably hasn't panned out to, you know, their expectations because of his injuries, but they stockpile picks along the defensive line. They want to be able to get after the quarterback. They think that if they can pressure the quarterback, regardless of who it is, then that allows the secondary to be more aggressive, allows them to cover for less, and, you know, it's hard for defenses to be good in the back end and, you know, along the defensive line. Just with the salary cap, with how the draft picks pan out, it's, it's impossible to have 11 really good starters on defense. Right. They've just chosen to build the defensive line, build a pass rush first unit. And you, you see, right, last year their pass defense, I think, was ranked second per DVOA behind New England. Right. This is their middle of the pack, and it's largely the same group. I think Jason Brett's playing fantastic. Emmanuel Mosley for an undrafted free agent is pretty good. They still have Tartan Ward back there. But with no pass rush, it's hard to cover for five, six, seven seconds. Eventually, these receivers are going to get open. These, you know, Football, especially in 2020, is more offensive focus. It's never been easier to play quarterback, never been easier to play wide receiver. You can't get hit over the middle. They can't you know, touch you after five yards. Uh, all PIs left and right. So it's hard for defensive backs. So the 49ers said, okay, we'll rest the passer. We'll make it hard that way. Successful in 2019, but when you lose both on forward and when your best pass rush is Kerry Hyder, whew. Oh, boy. I'm sorry. No, you're right. So my my next question is, because you know what? Cordell Bowser has been heavy on on Verrett. Like, before even Verrett had, like, a real chance, he's been heavy on him because I was like, but I I like him both because you got no choice to play on them because of Sherman, but he's always been heavy on he'd rather have out there over, you know, Mosley, and then have Sherman, a healthy Sherman. I don't know, but uh, you, you're there. But uh, do you think – that's one part, what I'm asking. Now, the next part is, do we make a mistake on Buckner instead of keeping him and letting others go? Uh, yeah, so I'll, so the first part of that question, Jason Verrett. So I think Jason Verrett, when healthy, is eh, – it might be the best corner on this team. Just Richard Sherman is fantastic. His IQ is off the charts. He sees plays before they happen, but his athleticism has dipped, right? And the 49ers this year play a field and boundary scheme. Basically, the Richard Sherman plays the field corner, and either Mosley or Verrett were, were slated to play the boundary corner. Why Richard Sherman was playing the field corner is because of a dip in athleticism. Less throws go your way on the wide side of the field. And, you know, when quarterbacks make throws to the wide side of the field, that corner has more time to react and read the, read the field, field so to speak, right? Because Sherman is, just doesn't have the speed and the athleticism now at this age to keep up with better receivers. So, um, you know, Verrett has been fantastic. He's super athletic. Um, he has the speed to be like a man-to-man corner. 
Uh, I think Mosley's great too. He's he's played well. Problem is, it's just he's not as athletic. So when on those like deep comeback routes or um, curls, like he's just not quick coming in and out of his breaks, and so teams take advantage of that. And if with this field and boundary scheme, most offenses have lined up their best receiver against Mosley and. Mm-hmm. DK Metcalf have a huge game last week. Uh, Devontae Adams had like what 170 yards receiving. Ooh, DeAndre yeah. Hopkins week one had 150. So uh, yeah, I think you know having no pass rush is not helping these corners out. And then to answer your second question, uh, I've lost track of. Yeah, what, I what? said I think we made a mistake in letting uh, go and trading him off instead yeah. of getting rid of others and like keeping him over the others. I, like, all I'm stating now. Yeah, I I feel bad because I think Eric Armstead's getting dogged a little too much on social media. Right. <laughs> worth the yeah, money. He, Go ahead, man. No, he was saying, yeah, he is. He was saying he felt like yeah. he was agreeing with you. That's it. Yeah. But, uh, all I'm saying it is. Uh, yeah, I mean, just, just to continue with what you're saying. Um, yeah, I mean – when Nick Bose is in there and when Deep Ford's in there and Eric Armstead isn't being double teamed as much as he is, right? He gets less attention. He's able to have more of an impact. And you can see a 2019 type performance from uh, Armstead. Um, but when he's probably the best defensive lineman, Javon Kinlaw's a rookie, not fully developed, and there's no edge rushers to take the heat off of Armstead, he's not as productive, right? And so he's getting dogged, unfortunately, for that. But the 49ers, when last offseason, could have either paid DeForest Buckner a, a huge amount of money and let Armstead walk, or you flip Buckner for a first-round pick and keep Armstead at a cheaper rate. So mm. uh, it, it just made sense. Like from a financial standpoint and from a draft standpoint, it just made more sense to let Buckner go. He was getting more on the open market. I've heard that they tried to trade Armstead. He wasn't netting more than like a third-round pick. So it just didn't make sense to trade Armstead for a third and keep Buckner. Rather keep Armstead, let Buckner go for first. Then they then they basically got a cheaper version of him. You know, Kim Law's not as great, but the hope is that he'll develop to that type of uh, level. And so they went that route, purely purely from a number standpoint. All right, Cordell, you got a question real quick before I dive into some more? <laughs> yeah, you know I do. Um... Let's just attack the elephant in the room. Jimmy G, is he really going to be the quarterback of the future? They took my question, but go ahead. Now you're right. That was good. (laughs) It's the hottest question. It's coming. I knew it. It's been the hottest question. I I was on like three radio shows this past week, and I think everyone's asked me that. Um, Honestly, the way that they've set up Jimmy Garoppolo's contract, it allows for them to explore options at the end of the season, right? He has, I think, zero guaranteed dollars in of what's left of his $51 million in his two years. So they can cut him, and basically they will they would only have a dead cap hit of like $2.9 million. Hmm. So they could cut him or trade him and basically wash, wash their hands of Jimmy Garoppolo. So I think what they'll do is when they get to the offseason – and I don't know if Jimmy Garoppolo is going to pay, play the rest of the season. He may play the last two weeks, but depending on where the 49ers are in the playoff hunt. And look at all the options. See where they are in the draft. Are they in the top 10? Can they get, you know, a Trey Lance, a Zach Wilson, a Justin Fields, maybe someone like that? 
Or is someone on the trade market available, Sam Darnold? Um, or can they sign someone via free agency, a Dak Prescott maybe, um, or, or, or trade for a Matt Ryan or something like that, right? The, I'm, my, guessing, my guess is that they'll survey the landscape, see who's available, and determine if they can upgrade from Jimmy Garoppolo in 2021. It's kind of a cop-out answer. I think there will be a better option, um, and I think they will move away from him. You're seeing what Jimmy Garoppolo actually is like. I know the health excuses are there. I know the offensive line excuses are there or the injuries or whatever the case is, right? Jimmy Garoppolo, when things are working around him, like we saw in 2019, when you have a really good defense, a really good run game, can be effective and can play winning football, right? You can – he will make the throws that you need to when everything else is working to win you ball games. Right. He is no by no means a perfect quarterback. When you watch him play pre-snap reads – um, you know, going through his progressions, making the throws down the field, making the throws outside the numbers, those aren't strengths in his game. And those are things Kyle Shanahan would like to do in his offense and cannot do right now. Even the games that they've won this season, Kyle Shanahan has had to put the training wheels on Jimmy Garoppolo, dumb down the offense, Whew. and give him short throws close to the line of scrimmage just because that's kind of the confidence level that Kyle has in Jimmy Garoppolo right now. And if assuming everyone gets healthy again in 2021, this should be a really, really good roster. They have some holes, you know, they need to replace D four. They'll probably need to replace tart um, in the back end. They'll probably need to replace Sherman, find a different, another corner. Um, you know, they may need to add like a running back or two. There, there's holes, the offensive line in the interior, but if they can upgrade at quarterback, someone who can elevate the roster, they could be in a potential to pretend, you know, a potential to win. Uh, and win quickly and I if I had to bet if I had to bet my guess is Jimmy Garoppolo isn't the starting quarterback in 2021 I said the same thing I was also saying that it was crazy when we had our previous episode we was together and we were talking about the level of where Jimmy could be at and as you can see it's completely went a whole nother way only thing I was telling guys in my opinion you know um, Akasha you see a lot again yourself I was like I don't think we have a Super Bowl winning quarterback on the roster but I did notice this, and this is where I'm going. When Jim Harbaugh was a head coach, we had an elite defense. Kyle Shanahan's a head coach. We have another elite defense. All these quarterbacks have to do when we have that elite defense healthy and well is not lose the game. Like, all you have to do is not lose the game. Of course, with Kaepernick, with Jim Harbaugh, and guys, they had some weapons, so they did kind of score. It was a very athletic offense. But with this system, I'm seeing, like, you just don't have to lose the game. But when you're asked to win the game, with the defense not being as well as what, excuse me, as well as it was last year, now you're forced to put the pressure on the quarterback to win the game. And I don't think we have those type of quarterbacks right now on the roster where they have to win the game. I don't see that. You know, I've seen a few things with Jimmy last year where, like, he'll make a few plays against Arizona here and there. <laughs> digging dumps but i haven't seen like can you say we yeah. down by 21 can we go to you to win and bring us back the frustrating part about jimmy garoppolo and especially on on twitter or wherever i get dragged for being like someone that criticizes jimmy garoppolo often oh yeah everybody <laughs> yeah he's capable we've seen it we saw we saw it in the two games against arizona last season we've seen it in new orleans last season we saw it in seattle week 17 for for a half there he has those moments. The problem is he doesn't maintain that level of play consistently. 
he's just in the tier. He's in the middle tier of quarterbacks. You know, the Kirk Cousins, the Carson Wentz's, the Ryan Tannehill's. He's in that group where like they have moments in games where they look good. They have moments in games where they look terrible. Um, and most of the time, if they have a good running game and a good defense, you'll probably be in the game, right? But when you have Kyle Shanahan, an offensive genius, when you have Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, Raheem Mostert, really, really good offensive talent, probably the best offensive skill players that the Niners have had in my lifetime, um, like post-2000s. Right, right. You've got to be able to take advantage of that and not just be a compliment, complimentary offense. You have to be an offensive-based team that can also play good defense. And... I'm not sure they can be that with Jimmy Garoppolo. They can be complimentary with Jimmy Garoppolo when everyone's healthy. But if you want to take the next step offensively, Kyle Shanahan's going to have to find another quarterback and upgrade at the position, which I think they do this offseason. So one more question on the quarterback. So with the money that they had, they could possibly pay Jimmy Garoppolo next year. Is it worth it getting Matt Ryan, Matthew Stafford? Some people, I know this is a joke, but I doubt they release them. But let's say they want to make a move for Aaron Rodgers. Is it worth paying those three quarterbacks alone? You already named quite a few. I'm just saying those three. Is it worth it? Are they worth more? Is it worth paying those three? Um, problem with those three are none of them are free agents. They're all on huge right, right. contracts. You have to trade for them. So you're right. giving them draft capital and you're eating up cap space for maybe a two, three-year window. I would just draft a quarterback. Quarterback on a rookie contract making like five, $6 million a year. You recoup a ton of cap space. Use that to upgrade other positions in free agency. It's a risk because a rookie quarterback can totally, you know, stink it up, not look good, and be a bust, right? But if you hit on that pick, then now you have a franchise quarterback. You have someone that you can win now with immediately. And, yeah, that, that, per, that player becomes your quarterback of the future. Think Justin Herbert. Think Joe Burrow. Uh, think back to, you know, Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson. Just, just draft the guy. You'll probably be draft, drafting in the top eight, nine, 10, 11 spots, assuming the season pans out the way it did last night. Just draft a guy. Whoever you think is the best, take him. Uh, coach him up. He'll be on a team contract at, at the town and, and run it back in 2021. Yeah, I was thinking about that. So it's crazy. Like, we had a chance to get Patrick Mahomes. We went up to Solomon Thomas. And now here we are. But, uh, <laughs> Cordell, you got another question you want to ask? Um, let's just talk about our defense right quick. I know you talked about the D Ford contract, which I really need to go and get rid of him in the offseason. Then he played, what, 19 games since he's been with us. That's not enough for the money we paying him. But the Jordan Willis trade, where did that come from? Uh, they just was a sneaky trade. Yeah. Problem with the 49ers. So obviously edge rusher is a giant need and everyone was talking Carlos Dunlap, Ryan Kerrigan, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, names like that. Uh, Carl, I forget his name. He played for Auburn back in the day, but I think he plays for the Bengals now. Um, they They were tossing out these big names, but problem with that is the 49ers don't have any cap space. They had $100,000 before, after the Jordan Willis trade. And if you trade for a player, you take on their, you know, prorated salary for the rest of the season. Mm. Didn't have the space to take Kerrigan. Didn't have the space to take on Carlos Dunlap. Carl Lawson was a player I was referring to. They didn't have the, the capital to take him on. So the, you know, the pool narrowed 
And someone like Jordan Willis, who's on the Jets roster, was kind of a bust. He had great athletic numbers at the Combine. So the Niners are like, okay, we can take a flyer, play him at edge, see if we've got something. And it only cost them, you know, a swap of like a sixth and a seventh round pick. So it didn't really cost them any draft capital. And they just got another body. I, You know, he made a play last night, but he hasn't looked particularly like <laughs> – I know, right? <laughs> so, uh, with the running back situation, although we got a lot of running backs, like for what it seems to me, man, I like the running backs, and maybe with the team is healthy, but it just seems like Monster just looks like a, a all pro in the offense. Like, what's the difference between them and the other running backs? I really think that Jack McKinnon is more of a passing running back, like shotgun, throw him the ball, five and out, ten and out type of routes. I don't see him as a hand off the ball and take us to victory type of running back. But go ahead, Akash. I want your thoughts on that. Brady Moser by a country mile is the best running back on this roster. It ain't even close. When he hits that hole, the burst, the acceleration, the speed he has in the open field, I think he has two of the three fastest runs um, just recorded by like miles per hour in the league so far this season. Those touchdown runs against the Jets uh, and the Giants, I believe. Or maybe the Cardinals and the the Giants, the two games early on in the season where he had just he just house call right. He's fantastic. Problem with him, sneaky, is he's his inability to stay healthy. Right, he's already had a couple injuries this season. Last season was really the only year where he stayed healthy, and they had to put him on sort of like uh, a, a pitch count. Right, he didn't have a bulk the bulk of carries last season. They mixed up Tevin Coleman, Matt Breida, Raheem Mostert. A lot of people were frustrated. Why isn't Mostert getting more carries? Well, maybe it has to do with the fact that he can't stay healthy all the time. The year before that, he I think he broke his hand. Yeah. Um, right? So he's he's had weird injuries, and I'm not sure if, he, if he's going to be able to stay healthy. Different, different argument. But when he's healthy, he's fantastic. Jeb McKinnon just – I feel for him because he's had the two injuries, and he just lost his burst. Like – when you see him hit the hole and hit a second gear, he just doesn't have anything, right? He doesn't have the acceleration that a Mostert does because of the injuries. It's unfortunate. Um, but he's the best pass-protecting back on this team, so that's why he plays on third downs because he can pass-protect well. And he's good running routes, so he can still you know, do exactly what you said, run those little out routes, flat routes, whatever, flag routes, um, and catch passes as a you know, last option. Uh, I like. I really like Jeff Wilson. He's fantastic in that Patriots game. He ran so hard. Yes. Uh, physical, physical back. I, he might be the second best back on this team, uh, but unfortunately, he's hurt. I'm not a huge Tevin Coleman guy. He's like a career three yards per carry. I I honestly don't know why he's on his roster. He feels like. I just think Cal just liked him way before he came over. Agreed. Yeah. I, I always just think that Tevin Coleman has something on Kyle Shanahan, and that's why. <laughs> that might be possible, man. You might be right. <laughs> he, he has something over him or something like that. But, yeah, like Tevin Coleman's gone after the season. Jet McKinnon's probably gone after the season. The running back room's going to look different. But most are by a country mile is the best. And he might be coming back this week. So hopefully he can stay healthy the rest of the season because they desperately need uh, offensive talent. So with Moster coming back, um, how do you feel about the rest of the season right now? If everybody comes, if everybody comes back healthy, does the 49ers make the playoffs? And what do you think of CJ Mullins if um if Jimmy Garoppolo can't come back and they just signed a quarterback, Josh Johnson? So I, in my mind, I'm like, 
whoa, what does this mean? Josh Tang will play. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> to answer your first question, playoffs. I don't think so. I mean, look at their schedule, man. They they they, they go to New Orleans, probably a loss. They come home. I think they got Buffalo, or they they come home. They got the Rams. Rams, uh, I can't think, but yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah, it, it's one of those two teams. Um, they've just got such a tough schedule. Yeah, it's the Rams. It's the Rams in L.A. Whew. They match up well. Problem is. Nick Mullins or CJ Beathard starting, like whenever those guys are starting, even if you have talent around them, you just never know what they're going to give you, right? In the Philly game, Mullins looked spooked, looked scared, looked shook. He missed use check on that leak route. Right. First drive of the game, and you knew it was over. Then he had the two ugly picks. Like you never know what you're going to get out of your backup quarterback. They will make horrendous mistakes that cost you games, hence why they're backups. Um, and then after that Rams game, they play the Bills. The Bills, they've been up and down. They look really good early in the season. Josh Allen looks like an MVP. They've come back down to earth these last few weeks. Um, they have a big game against Seattle this weekend, so we'll see how they look. The only two games that I think the 49ers will win are against Washington and then at Dallas. Putrid. Um, yeah, don't even need to talk about those games. They, they should win. <laughs> and then they got, they got Cardinals and they got Seattle. Yeah, those two teams, those are probably L's. So if you're looking at the rest of the season, they're going to lose probably four or five games. Probably got two, three wins in them, maybe. That that's not good enough for the playoffs. Not, yeah, not in the NFC when you know uh, New Orleans and Tampa competing for a wild card spot. Uh, Arizona and Los Angeles are competing for a wild card spot, and maybe Chicago if they can keep up with Green Bay. They're probably competing for a wild card spot. Just just too competitive in this conference, and the Niners just aren't healthy enough. So they're not going to kind of tank, but I just don't think they're good enough to win a lot of these games. So, so what if they come out with the upsets? What if they beat the Saints, the Rams, and the Bills? What would you say then? You still say no playoffs? I'm just curious. I'm just giving, just throwing it out there. I'm not saying it could happen. Um, well, if they go, if they go uh, three and zero over the next three games, they'll be seven and five. Then you know, then they got Washington and Cowboys. So are they going to go nine and five in their next? You know, over their next five games, I would bet against it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if, if, it, if that happens, they'll probably make the playoffs. But, yeah, there's probably like 0% chance of them winning the next five games with the current roster they've got. I just don't see it. They're just not healthy enough. So I think at this point, you like – at this point, what I'm, what I'm listening to, and probably Cordell too as well, I'm just ready to get a new quarterback, get the guys healthy, just call it a season. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, forward yeah. <laughs> yeah. to the offseason. The season's over. Yeah. Were you about to say Cordell? I said pretty much because it's like it's horrible watching them right now, man. It's like every time we take the field, it's like three, four people get injured. Yeah, they come back, but it's like three or four people always get injured. Like right now, uh, K1 hurt and Tart hurt. Yes, we got Debo don't coming back, but it's like the defense is just taking blows. First it was the offense, now it's the defense. Let's go and get 2020 over with. Another question, too, I got you, man. Do you think, do you like the more kid safety, Akash, over Jimmy Ward? Um, To pay him back? Jimmy Ward, I like Jimmy Ward. I Again, the problem with safeties, especially for the majority of fans, is when they don't have turnovers and when they don't 
make splashy plays, everyone just assumes that they stink. Because especially with safeties, you have to watch the All-22 to be to see like what they're doing. Because most of the time, they're not even in the broadcast like angle. And the way the 49ers use their safeties, they don't. They're. It's not always like Jimmy Ward's the deep safety and Tart is the box safety. They rotate those guys back and forth. They'll go too deep sometimes. They'll. They play a lot of cover three, obviously. Uh, so one of those guys will be high, and they blitz some of those guys sometimes. So they use them interchangeably. And I think Ward does a lot of good things uh, for this defense. That's just. It's not visible to like the common fan watching on TV just because you don't see it like on the TV uh, tape. So. I think he's a good player. Obviously, he doesn't make the splash plays that you want out of safety, but he's, you know, he's on a relatively good contract. Um, and when he's healthy, he's also an impact player. Uh, the player that I think they will replace is Tart. I think they will move on from Tart. I'm not very high on Marcel Harris. He got burned on that touchdown yesterday. Oh, like, God, yes, Lord. God. You're playing too high, like open your hips and like run. Like he's backpedaling with Marquez, Marquez Valdez, Scantling, like running at him. Like, dude, open your hips and run. Um, he gets burned in coverage a lot. He makes good plays in the box. He's like he's like your traditional box safety from like the 2000s. He's just he's just not a very good cover safety. So maybe they play Cyprian more. I don't know. But they they have to address the other safety spot because I don't think Tart's coming back. Yeah, I was sitting there thinking about that, too, because I was saying one of my friends was over here last night. He was like, man, I love Harris. And as soon as he said I love Harris, pow, touchdown. I said, yeah, you love him still, don't you? He was like, no. So um, how do you feel about uh, this, man? This is this is just – it's, it's, it's a crazy season, man, because now you got going into New Orleans. Yeah. Like, Manuel mm-hmm. I think one of the reasons why Emmanuel Sanders left the team was because simply he felt like they weren't throwing the ball enough because we were a ran first team. So, you know – uh, we're going into New Orleans. It's going to be a tough battle. You get your guys back. What do you expect to see in this game? Do you see a, a good game? Or do you see like a total blowout domination? Even with Ayuk born coming back with the COVID coming negative. And I didn't even know those guys lived together. It was, it was quite interesting to see that they held them all out because they actually lived together. Born, Trent Williams, Debo Sanya, and Ayuk all live in the same place in San Jose. Like, that was pretty – You know, I always thought for some reason Bourne was on his own by himself because he'd been in the league for quite some time. So, But from what I see, I don't know too much about him. But saying he's a real genuine guy. Like, he'll, he'll give anybody whatever. Like, he has that, that real good spirit about him. That's what I do like about him. Like, he's really, yeah, he does. That I'll tell you. His energy is awesome. He's – Yeah. Yeah, he's someone you'd want to be friends with. Um, but, yeah, so to answer your question about the Saints – Saints right now, top 10 defense per DVOA. I think the fourth best rushing defense. When the Niners play good rushing defenses and they can't run the ball, that's a recipe for disaster, especially when, especially because it's your backup quarterback. If Jimmy Garoppolo's there and Jimmy Garoppolo's playing well, okay, you'll take your chances in New Orleans. Limited fans. Drew, Drew, Drew Brees has looked not so good. Um, and Michael Thomas has been banged up all year, though I think he's playing this week. But they have a good rushing defense. Nick Mullins on the road. Like, do you picture Nick Mullins, like, winning a game in the Superdome? Like, I don't. Oh, boy. Um, I think it'll look very much like the Packers game. I think a lot of these games will look like the Packers game where, uh, you know, Nick Mullins will make a, a turnover or he'll have a fumble or an interception or whatever when you can't afford to, right? When you have your back of quarterback, your margin of error becomes razor thin and he's just not good enough week to week against good teams to overcome that. Now, when they play the Washington football team or Cowboys, it's going to look great. But 
Yeah, not this week. I know Cal is a professional, Akash, and I know he's gonna always be very humble, you know, in the public or whatever. You know, in the public in the public's eye, interviews, stuff like that. My question to you is with this situation with the quarterback situation, do you think he has his times where he's in the back room scratching his head or he's insane or like, look, man, this is not it. <laughs> I gotta figure something out. No, hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah, I so I watch the all twenty two usually like oh, Monday night, usually like right after the Monday night football game. And I have a couple of buddies that I'm close with that uh, I've written with that also watch the all twenty two. So we'll we have like a little group chat. We'll text about different plays and whatnot. And sometimes it'll be really maddening to watch Jimmy Garoppolo. Like he won't recognize a blitzer, or he won't go through his reads, or he won't make a tight window throw. Like, he won't even attempt it, or he won't anticipate throws. And it's maddening to watch because Kyle's scheming up good plays. Like, he's scheming up receivers that are, like, coming open. And it's the NFL. Dudes aren't going to be wide freaking open. Like, you're going to have to make tighter window throws, right? Yeah, you just, like, that's what good quarterbacks do. And Jimmy Garoppolo just doesn't. And he's, again, it's just, it's consistency, right? It's just maddening that he, you know, makes plays, you know, uh, Sometimes, but not all the time. So I'm sure if I feel this way, Kyle Shanahan, you know, has forgotten more things about football than I'll ever know in my life. So I, I can imagine how he feels as like a savant watching this quarterback. <laughs> it's just maddening because he's kind of stuck with him, at least this season. I mean, they've thought about going the Tom Brady route. But... No doubt about that. I always thought about like, Maybe he has that same robotic system like he was in New England where they had to do certain things. And it's almost like he's really saying, you just got to win your matchup before I throw the ball. Now, he has his times when he throw picks, but now it'd be games where he, if he had to force the ball, it's a different Jimmy Garoppolo. So that's what I was saying. Like, I'm, I'm just wondering, like, it'd be some throws. I've seen some plays myself. I ain't seen as much as probably what you have seen, like, from some extra stuff that we probably don't see, but me and Cordell might not see. But I've seen even in the Super Bowl, it was like wide open throws that he missed. So I'm like, if you made these throws, we just chopping down the clock. We get down, we run the clock down. Patrick Holmes might ain't get on the field. We probably can score before he even gets a chance to even come back and get on the field to score. So I'm looking at plays, and you're right. I'm looking at Cash. I'm like, yo, this guy's wide open. This guy's wide open. And that's what I'm saying. Like, it may be to me, like, it may be easy for him to move away from Jimmy because you need somebody who can really read the field, like, uh, read the field and make those throws. That's the things that if you want to be elite and you want to make the elite money, that's the things that Aaron Rodgers does. Aaron Rodgers, Russell, Pat Mahomes does. I'm just giving those three. I mean, of course, Tom Brady does it when he has his guys, so he don't care. He'll, he'll make he'll make the throw. Even at 43, even if he's 50 years old, he'll still try to make the attempt. That's just him. That's what I, I, I separate Jimmy Garoppolo from. Like you were saying, he's in that little tier because he doesn't make those big throws, like those throws that make you say, this is a game-changing guy. We don't have that. And I don't think Cal Shanahan's offense is not built for a game manager. It's built to score. Like his his offense isn't built to yep. be content. It's built to score points. Through the ball. Right, right, right. And that's what I was about. His offense is to me through the ball. No, you're right about that. And look, to, to Nick, to Nick defense, I got to say this, to me, the Nick Muller defense last night, Preston Smith was school could not hold Preston Smith last night. 
You heard me? School. He talking about school. He said school cannot hold Preston Smith last night. Smith last night. Trick Williams would He said Trent Williams would have, but you don't think Preston that was coming off on school, the offense line. School. School was getting beat by Preston. Well, you said Preston Smith, right? I can't remember the guy's name for the yeah. How'd you feel about that with Preston School? You think he is gonna be hit the matchup yesterday? Yeah. Justin School wasn't very good. I think he had like six pressures. He had a sack. He was terrible. He was O-laying Zadarius and just Preston Smith uh, all night. Just yeah, unfortunate. So what do we go for here next year, man? Since you already said, look, it's just a rough year. You know, uh, what do you think the 49ers, I mean, in your mind, I know you said Jimmy G is already out the door. I feel the same way. I'm pretty sure Cordell feel the same way. But is is it a chance that we well, I don't even want to ask the question, but I'm gonna ask it anyway. Is it a chance that we see Nick Mullins of these guys getting up all season of work be back on the roster? I mean, I'm pretty sure his roster is his number is cheap. Or you think somebody could possibly trade to get him? Uh, no one's trading for Nick Mullins. <laughs> <laughs> so can we get a trade with Jimmy right now? You think we got we got yeah, yeah. So somebody will trade for Jim, Jimmy Garoppolo, whether it's Bill Belichick and the Patriots or some quarterback needy team like Jacksonville or the Giants or the Jets or someone like that would trade for for Garoppolo that's not in a position to draft a, a good enough player. Uh, he's on a relatively good contract. He's still a good player. He just, I think his time in San Francisco is just. Uh, is just up. So, um, yeah, that's that's my take on Garoppolo. As for 2021, I haven't even gotten there. I mean, let's just get through the season. We've got, uh, what, weeks left? I think they're halfway through. Uh, yeah, especially football season, I only look at week by week. It's so hard. To, it's easy to get ahead of yourself, but right. I only look at it week by week. And I, I've gotten into this kind of routine where it's like, okay, Monday night you look – at the last week's game, Tuesday and Wednesday, Thursday, kind of look ahead to the next week. So, I yeah, we're we're a long ways, and a lot, I I get a lot of questions from people about you know quarterbacks and the draft and schedule and Super Bowl, and it's like, dude, let's just get through this season. We <laughs> off season, we got all winter. We'll talk about uh, quarterbacks, college quarterbacks, to your heart's content in like March. So, so so what's um now since we got the viewers back now? So what's what's it been like since COVID, man? Like it's different now. You know, at first, you know, we didn't know what was going to happen in COVID. So how is it like? Is it the same way or different protocols since you go into the games? Like you was at the Seattle game. So how is it like getting into the games? Is it harder? Is it like just limited people? Like how is it? Because of COVID. Um, it's so, yeah, it's a limited crowd. It's probably half the normal like capacity. So I went to a game down in Levi's. I went to the Miami game. I covered that one. That was an ugly game. I wish I didn't go. Um. Yeah, it was over in the first half. Like, Jim Garoppolo looked terrible. Um, there were no fans. Uh, the press box, like, spread. So, normally they put out, like, a buffet of food, and it's fantastic. Because of COVID, there's no buffet. So, they only give you, like, a box lunch. That was really great. So, it's, like, all these things factored in, and the Niners were playing terrible that day. It was just, like, a tough watch. Uh, it was the same thing in Seattle. Um yeah, I thought it would be a competitive game. They just did not look good. But other than that, you got to wear a mask the entire time, um, except for when you're, like, eating or whatever. Um, there's no, like, locker room access. It's all through Zoom. Um, you can't go down onto the field so you don't get pregame field access. you got to stay in the box or, you know, in, on the concourse at least. 
it's weird being at empty stadiums. There's no juice. There's no energy. They play music, but it's like quiet. Like when the actual plays happen, it's weird. It's really, really weird. Yeah, I figured that. Man, man, it's awesome, man, to have you up here, man, Akash, once again, man. We'll we'll talk more at the end of the season, see what we got after this, man. But um, I'm loving the energy, man. You keep doing what you're doing, and hopefully you'll be able to – what's the next game you're going to, by the way, before I even get off? Um, This season, I haven't looked. So I don't. I obviously don't live in the Bay Area. I live in Seattle, so I, I have to fly down if I want to go cover games. Um, and based on the way their season is trending – I don't know if I want to fly down to go watch Nick Mullins take on. Uh, <laughs> like, if we're being honest, like covering games in a normal year is cool because you get locker room access, you get field access, you can talk to guys. And even when they suck, it's like cool. This year, it's like there's no inherent advantage to going except you get to watch the game there. Right, because of the COVID. Um, yeah, because of COVID, exactly. And they're not great, so I, I'll probably pass. <laughs> man. I probably- <laughs> And, and it's just like I – and it's like you have to wear a mask there. You're, like, separated from other people. You can't really socialize. Like, it's not as exciting of an environment in 2020 as you'd imagine. So, it's it's almost more enjoyable to just watch at home, have a beer. So. <laughs> I know that's right. With that being said, man, for real, you got any more questions, man? That's pretty much wrapping up Raw Mind Sports for tonight. Oh, man, I'm a this. Still faithful to the That's all, man. Always faithful. I enjoy. No doubt about that. Well, you guys have a great night, whatever time you're watching this. Yep. Pre- 